we were told from our, our distributors that our category was the hardest hit. So bars and convenience products were the hardest hit category. And they didn't know when it was going to come back. At one point during this pandemic, everybody, I want everybody to know, Midday Square's bank account hit $10,000. So There hot. was $10,000 in the bank account. Just think about that. Just show Just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we the did. Keyword. And so people everything. really started getting interested. They're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people are like, what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda, and I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday squares? All right, we are live. It's the Midday Squares podcast, uncensored. We talk about entrepreneurship, family business, chocolate, and whatever fucks are on our mind. As always, middaysquares.com. You can ask us any questions, middaysquares.com slash podcast questions. Holy fuck, guys. Here we are. Where are we right now? Uh, We're officially in our new podcast room, which I'm so jacked up about. Uh, we've been doing the podcast for anybody who's just joining in now in like a random room with a sketchy table um, and just kind of vibing. And then I'm like, okay, guys, MDS 2.0 is all about elevation. So the last week we've been padding the room, uh, renovating everything. Like it's been a whole shebang. But you had no budget to do this. Zero budget. The usual. We never have a budget, babe. There's, There's never a budget. We're losing money. Every day, baby. Woo! That's the problem, though, with, like, startups is that there is never budget. I hate when people, that, you know, we've been going through doing deals with a lot of different people. And basically, every time they ask us, what's our budget? And my number one answer is, there is no budget. Just tell us what the fucking cost but, is. But why Why is it that people have to always ask, what's your budget? Like, it, it, it veers the question. Like, we're all having good vibes. Every conversation smoking mirrors. It's having the time for our lives. And then, boom. Well, what's your budget? Because it's all about the money. I know. But, like, it's just like, it's like, no, there's no prep in it. Like, it's like, why not just suggest? Let's win together. Let's make it together. Let's not just do, oh, it's a set thing. Nothing just fits all. We always talk about this. It's not one square. It's a circle. Go around. Do different things. It's the classic negotiating tool, okay, that everybody wants is nobody wants to say the first price. And, and I, you guys, you have to kill me. Before you get the price out of me first, you have to kill me. I will. I refuse. No, 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 no. But the best is when I'm on interview calls and I'm like, so, like, what do you want your salary to be? Like, what do you? It's like, oh, I don't feel comfortable with that question on day one of interview. I'm like, well, you don't know what you need to live, guys. It's tough. It's no, no. That that's tough. You have to understand. Like, I remember I felt like that a year and a half ago in within the business. So like, you have to understand that it takes time to build yourself personally to gain the confidence. I have a quick story. Listen to this. We do have to get into the show. We will, we will. But this is a good one. So a couple years ago, I was applying for a job in the fashion industry. And basically... This is dirty. This is dirty. This This is is low. Okay? One of those Chabonel businesses here in Montreal. For everybody who doesn't know, Chabonel is the clothing manufacturing district of Montreal. And so I'm applying and and then so we're in negotiations back and forth, back and forth. And then he goes, what do you want? Like, what are you looking for in terms of salaries? I go 65,000. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Hottest thing. And that was low when she said it. I was like, that's low. For me? Yeah. But babe, you went in. 
You Babe, went in with I the went number. in, right? You had the number on your sh- on your paper. He writes back, I'm disgusted. <laughs> no joke. Literally said, uh, this is not even a joke. But you know what? That's sad because you know your worth. Of course. He don't know your worth. And that's the problem. You can't tell someone they're not worth it. You could say we don't have the budget for it, that being said. But you can't tell you that you don't have the worth. That should have amped you to Babe, be the lady that you are today. He's going to receive Fuck him. I'm poo in an envelope. Oh, yeah, but we do that. That's, that's no. All right. Let's get in the show. Let's get in the show. Okay, Jake, What before we're going to go around, you know, we have our segment. We talk a little bit about the books we're reading. But I'm also bringing in, in case we're not into a book, a quote. So, Jake, what's the book you're reading right now? So, guys, all in. And I'm sure this could relate to both of you here. Um, there's two, there's three pictures of three. Can I tell you the three people? So you got you got, three very you got Steve Jobs, people. Steve Jobs. You got Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. I don't know if I pronounced names right, but that being said, there's one quote I want to read to you about this book. I just started it. Page 18. I even put the. Sorry, I just put the thing. Page 18. For those striving to realize their outsized ambitions, grit is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Hmm. Jake, tell us about, because you and I in the last couple of days have been talking a lot about this knife in a gunfight. Oh, I love it. Just just give give it, before we go to Les, what, is that, what does that mean for the audience? Think about it. You're showing up to a gunfight. A gun is very powerful. You come with a knife and win the fight. That's what we're trying to do. We're at, when you start a business, it ain't easy to get your gun right All away. All odds are stacked against All you. All odds are stacked against you. But the three of us and a lot of other entrepreneurs out there that are going for the kill, they come in with that knife and they're not scared. They go full throttle at the guns, even if the bullets are flying right at them. And that's what the grit is in, in, in all entrepreneurs. And we always talk about grit. We always talk about how you have to have grit. That's a quality that I believe. And quote it's me if you want. Break. It's the make or break for an entrepreneur to, to become an entrepreneur. How about that? I think it's the make or break for pretty much anything in life. But we're, that's going to be a part of the show. What Les, share us with a quote that you want to speak about. Okay. So... Here it is, guys. So it's by Wayne Gretzky. Hot. Hot. I already know what the quote is. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Ah! Last night, it just all stemmed from last night's conversations. And it just made me realize when I read this, I'm like, it is so true. You just got to get out there and take 100, 100,000 shots. Because if you don't take shots, you'll never know. Bam, bam, bam. That brings up, but 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 that's hot that you're 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 getting into the sports world. I that that fires me up because everything we do actually here at Midday Sports is sports related. If you think about the mindset, and Wayne Gretzky is one of those amazing mindsets. You are an athlete. If you are an entrepreneur, it's that fucking simple. Leslie used to. By the way, this is a short story. Leslie used to play ice hockey, and she made me go and no at her high school. Listen to this. She was hot on the ice. She was dressed up to the t shirt, the ugliest equipment. By the way, and she was bulldozing people like she was so Look rough. At, she's a rhino, but she loved it. I saw her. Out, I was playing goalie for the team, the women's team. I was the goalie. Yeah. So I was. I played hockey. Okay. Forward left. Okay. I don't. Is that? That's not even a center left. No, no, don't, Leslie. Leslie, stop, stop. <laughs> we need to stop. That that's not a position. You were left wing. Left wing. Thank you very much. And this <laughs> forward left could go down as one of the yeah, funniest things. I've could seen, be the I've hottest thing this I've month. ever heard. Listen, it is what it is. Okay, but. I was also an, a fantastic swimmer. So I've been in this sports game. Which is crazy because they say you have to have a long torso to be <laughs> to be a great swimmer and, and, and you're short. I float. No, but apparently you were you, you were like on my way to the the Junior Olympics. No, I need to hear a little bit more about junior this. Junior Olympics, babe. <laughs> Facts. Call Felicia. Let's call, we can call her up. 
Those are the facts. I quit though. I did. I quit. It wasn't for me. It was taking over my life. I had to go every single day for hours um, swimming. I, I was fantastic. I, I mean, I think it was before 13, I had passed all my levels of swimming. I was even a lifeguard, certified lifeguard by that time. It's a great It's a great sport that, to be honest, swimming. She still goes swimming. It's it, And she has this really sharp look. Like when you swim, it's very sharp and her legs are flying like little fucking critters, man. You know, when I got my hernias, I have three hernias. Uh, I Do you still have them? I still haven't fixed them. And you know why I didn't fix them is because well-respected doctor here, he said, you don't need to fix it. Go work out and do swimming, just swimming because you'll still stay the fit because I was at that Babe, time. I've I never really seen you swim. I know because I'm not a good swimmer and I, and I, I just feel like, you know, I could do weights and do the same thing. But he told me, he's like, go swimming is the best thing for you. I could I, I didn't believe it. The problem with you, Jake. Oh, here we go. Yeah. The problem with you is that you're not a great swimmer because you're top heavy. Yeah. And you need to start working out your legs. No, but you it's self-inflicted. I've never met someone with such a big back and buys. And, and it looks like you're on stilts every day because you're... I'm, it's I'm, hard I, for you to balance. Grelnick, who's also a strong confidant, lawyer Grelnick, would, would be angry at me right now for body shaming you. So I apologize. I, I, I take it I, it. I use it as motivation. Okay. Okay. So, Les, I, I really appreciate that quote. And I think it's probably one of the Wayne Gretzky's most famous quotes uh, of all time. I have a few other, but I'll save them for the next no, show. No, that's the whole point. Sam Altman... Uh, I I think this guy should run for president. Sam Altman, if you ever listen to this show, you, you the U.S. needs people like you at the helm. Um, when you learn that you can... So this is from him, posted on this on Twitter. When you learn that you can learn anything, you are willing to take on anything. And when you learn that you can win with execution, speed alone, you are willing to take on anybody. Warning. You can succeed by outsmarting or outworking people. But it's when you do both that you really succeed. And I was like, wow. It's powerful. Are you bringing him on the show? I, I don't know if I can get Sam Altman at this point in time, but I, I think in time, one day, one day, there's no doubt you guys heard this first ever on the show quoted by Jake the Rover. Sam Altman will be on the show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out. <laughs> yeah, Sam Altman will be on the show. But that was really important to bring into today's uh, subject matter. And we spoke about this a lot on the show. Like we really have had many different. So I felt when I was looking through all the shows and what we've done in the past, I'm like, how have we not had a show dedicated to this? And the dedication that I want is what it means to play offense. So we hear it a lot that in order to succeed, and number one of the number one questions we get a lot, especially you just did a panel with a bunch of great women, and and the questions I think that's the mystification of building a business is always how do I get this going? What do I do if I'm here? How do I make my marketing work? How do I get more customers? How do I get that? There's a million fucking gurus out there. Some are real, some are fake that you can go listen to that will teach you those things. We'll get into them eventually. But the underlying theme for me is offense. And the only, and Jake, I want you to bring this piece up because what, what really hit me in the brain when it was like time to come up with the show was Jake was putting together a pitch for BNN. Bloomberg News Network. Great, great Canadian business network here. Like it, it's a strong power. And U.S. Source. It's not just Canadian. yeah, no, but yeah. So for the Canadian version, and it it will be aired in the U.S. if if we do get it. So, so Jake sends me a pitch, and I'm reading it, and basically 
they wanted to profile businesses that have been affected in no matter how, which ways, whether you came out stronger or not stronger because of the pandemic. Need I say the words COVID? I fucking hate that word. The pandemic. Um, and he put together the pitch and it was all about offense. Why don't you talk about that pitch? Yeah. So, so a friend reached out to me and I like to say a friend because I met them through being out there, being on the offense and networking. This person reached out on a Friday night at like 10 p.m. and said, I have this amazing opportunity. They're looking for a company in Montreal that either was affected, like you said, by the pandemic in good or bad way. So I said, yo, this is us. We we had our groundbreaking moments during COVID. So what I said is I'm going to write a little pitch. And I said to Nick, I said, just look at it when it's done and then edit it. So I start writing it and the, 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 the keyboard starts magically like just typing so fast. I felt like, it too, by the way. When you sent me the pitch, it felt like I was in your fucking brain. I, I, I laser focused like, like as if I was on Adderall. Wait, can we just time out? Number one, you don't even know what Adderall feels like. Les, why are you laughing? I'm just laughing because, uh, no, I'm laughing for two reasons. Number one, for anybody who doesn't know this, Nick is Jake and I's secret ghostwriter. <laughs> No, but I took this leap on this. No, that's one. why. So, no, exactly. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm really proud to hear that you took the leap. And I then, had no choice. He messaged me. He's like, he's like, just take a crack at it. And no, then, I said, I just give me the first draft, even if it's just a spew of shit on a paper. At least I know what's in your brain. Yeah, which I actually respect a lot because it makes you go do it and get better at it. So I got, I was confident when I did this one. I felt good. The keyboard was like this, and. I started writing everything about the moment in January 2020, right when we hit January 2020, we we, we, we had this mindset of explosion. Let's fucking go. What, the, the whole nine yards. The Literally, the fucking conversation we had on New Year's together was, guys, 2021. So wait, what year are we? I don't even know anymore. 2020, 2020 is our year. No, babe, we were... We were fired up. Especially we had the show in February. We were going to go open the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. It, we, we had everything. We were heading to Vancouver. We were doing all kinds of funky shit. Suddenly, I started writing the story of what happened. And I was like, huh? oh my God. So many things happened during this time. Holy and you could, we shit. can get into it. But no, the, key is, the key is it went like this, okay? I'm going to show you the graph because people like graphs, you know? So it went like this. We started here. Mindset was Could like you this. maybe get us a graph for the show? Yeah, I'll build, I'll build a graph. So it was like this. We started this. Fired up, fired up, fired up, fired up. January, January, February, 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 March. Boom! March, I think it was 12th or 13th. Crashed. Crashed. The, everything crashed. Everything. The world came to a halt. The world and then midday squares came to a halt. The three of us felt something that we haven't felt in, ever, I think, in the business. And it was a moment where the business was in question. We lost 70% of our retail sales. So for to, to set the stage for everybody that's listening, I want you to think of a cliff and just take your car and drive off the fucking cliff. And basically whatever- Disclaimer, don't actually do that. Yeah, don't, don't actually do that. But the car flying off the cliff and hitting the ground, that visual is is what you would see on a graph if we presented what happened in, in March. And we were sitting on the couch there, I remember. You were really direct out, like your shirt was above, your stomach was well, showing. No, why don't we talk about what happened you, you, on top yeah, of that? What yeah, was the second The second thing was, was, was we had an issue with, well, we someone made a mistake um, in our company and um, it was a big one. It was a it was an error that um, basically... It how long was the cash flow affected by it? It was a it was a it was a year short. 
and I want I want to go to Les to 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 hear because I remember the day I had to come tell you how what was the look on my face when I came. But it's all the, just just keep people in the mind. It was all at the same time as our retail sales dropping seventy percent, seventy percent, and literally the week of the drop of seventy percent, I get the call and then I go see Les. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, you came, you were rattled, and you're just like, I don't know what we're gonna do. And no, but what happened? What did I tell you? I don't remember, honestly. I can't remember what I yeah. did last okay, week. Okay, no, no, no worries. I'll, <laughs> I'll take it home for us. Yeah, lol. Yeah, I, I, but this is why I love Les. It's because she's unapologetically just she doesn't. She give doesn't a, give a fuck. She gives fuck. no fucks. The panda. You got to take a dart and put it in her neck Hello. to take her down. Okay, so the contro- our controller at the time, I won't name names, calls me casually. We've spoke about this on another show, and gives me this cryptic message. No fucking clue was said on that call, other than. A lot of shit without saying anything. So I'm like, what the fuck is this person saying? And I try to unravel the crypticness and I go look at our cash flow statement. For anybody who doesn't know what a cash flow statement is, it tells you how much cash you have and when you're going to run out of cash or if you're not going to run out of cash. And I go see that our cash flow statement is one year short of cash than what I just presented to our investors a month ago with you guys. So we go in feeling like heroes being like, yeah, we're killing it so hard. We're managing the cash. We're only running out of cash in January, 2022. And I go on the cash flow statement and it says December, 2020. Just, just think about that. That's where we're, that's a week away from today, by the way. But, 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 but you have to keep on. So that, that happened alongside dropping in 70% sales. So think about this. We're like, okay, well, Think about before we knew that this was de- December 2020, we're like, oh, okay, we're going to make it through this. No problem. We have cash. We could just chill. We could chill. This is the key difference of what happens. So we said we could chill. We met that meeting on the couch. We spoke about it. We said we're going to take 24 hours. We were all very, very sad. We were extremely sad. I think that's one of the most sad parts we've been um, in a very long time. And I remember going home and we're like, hey, we're going to come up with a game plan. We said we're going to have a game plan ready to go the next day. There was no sulking. It was feel it. Feel the pain and come back fucking strong. Can I say something here for the audience? I'm a big, big believer in this. It You need to, to acknowledge and take time when you feel pain and allow yourself to actually hit rock bottom, but choose your time period. So for me, whenever I went through big breakups or any of that type of shit, I, I have this 24-hour rule where I actually, and Les, you've seen me go through this. I literally shut my door in my room and I will sulk like like the biggest fucking baby of life for 24 hours. I will cry. I will be depressed. I will be miserable. I'm so miserable that you don't even want to fucking look at me. That's I've, how I've learned to just tune mute you. Yeah, because it's an it's an ugly scene, no? Listen, I know how to handle you now, so I just say, okay, go to sleep. Do your thing. Do your thing, and we'll speak when you're awake. And usually when you wake up from like a four or five hour nap, you're a lot better. But 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 you bring up a great point that leads to the offense thing. So that's offense playing, by the way, is giving yourself that time to permission feel it and then go. Because a lot of people don't give them that self to grieve. And I've done this before and I've failed in it. And then you don't go on the offense, you stay on the defense. And you're just going down and down and down to a slow quicksand. death. It's quicksand. So when I got canned and I joined Midday Squares, it was an offensive move to come join the team. But I still felt it and I was kind of drecked out. Drek means like a uh like ugly feeling unwell, unwell, ugly unwell feeling, unfeel- dirty so, so when i first joined midday squares the first month and i always say this i was in the defense mode i wasn't in the offense mode because i didn't 
allow myself to really take that time to really feel the pain, I was always ignoring it. And then it, it started coming, coming, and then I finally accepted it. I let it come in, and then I fucking let go. And when you go, it goes. So, back to... So, we take the 24 hours to feel depressed, and then we come back. And I think this is the piece that is the defining moment for everybody that's that listens to the show is we decided and when 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 you sent me the writing it was so epic to read it and then kind of help you edit on it because it brought me through it we looked at each other and we said now is the time to triple the fuck down and we went and we tripled the fuck down Les is like, we're going guns blazing. Les, how many fucking people did we end up hiring? Number one, think about this. Pandemic hit. Things are down 70%. We call an emergency board meeting to announce that we're increasing our expenditure because we felt that this was the moment to not retreat. But yet, if we were going to win and we can win during the pandemic and we felt that the, the, the opportunity was ripe, then now is our time to take the shot. And we went on full fucking offense. And I want you, Les, to tell the audience what has happened from February 2020 to now after going on offense. What have we done as a company? Because it's pretty fucking epic. Yes. So basically in March, like when 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 everything hit, um, like Jake was saying is, you know, we we came to the table and we're like, all right. We got to figure out a plan. We got to win. And that's what we did. We came in. We reallocated resources. Um, we decided to l- double down on our online sales. Um, like Jake was saying, we... We took all of our digital expenditure. Yeah, because we hit we hit a 70 per- 70% de- decrease at retail. So we took all of our, you know, whether demo budgets or different marketing. Yeah, sorry, I said digital. I meant we took all of our retail budget. Yeah, retail budgets that we had planned for, you know, trial. What are the three things? That Awareness, we trial, and uh, availability, distribution, yeah. Exactly, and we focused it all on our deed to C. And that, there was huge reward. Huge, right off the bat. And a b- big risk. Because we were told from our our distributors that our category was the hardest hit. So bars and convenience products were the hardest hit category. They didn't know when it was going to come back. So think about that. Retail was, what, 80% of our business back then? Yep. Think about it. 70% of that, 80% was gone. Food service gone. Gyms gone. All of our all of our confidants around us were telling us, guys, you need to conserve cash. Yeah, and I think the, the idea was that not just that, I remember we were speaking with Jay Sider, shout out Jay Sider. Who's our advisor. Who's one of our advisors. And he was saying, I like the idea of D2C. So how do you become the Amazon of chocolate? And that hit all of us hard because we're all, we all love Amazon. We all love the business model. And so we're like, all right. And so we, we really doubled down on that because shipping chocolate is difficult. Complex. Right? And we're running into summer months. So we know how our summer months are hard, whether it's, you know, the insulation problems, the keeping the product cold, melted chocolate. So we doubled down on the DTC and we saw huge reward. I think we came out in some of our highest um, sale revenue months yet. Um, and I think that's the whole thing is, you know, when everybody's going left, if you feel confident with going right, go right. But make sure you're confident. Yeah. Believe in what you're doing. But I think you're min- you're missing one thing that we did. We hired a lot. We hired. If you look at it on a percentage, if it's six to eight people, is it six to eight? Eight. Eight people on 30, on 30 people is a big percentage. That's almost 10. That's almost a 10% increase. Sorry, more than 10%. That's almost a 30% increase. Yeah. In hires, we're gonna and, we're gonna run the math for for Jake. T- ten on ten on thirty, thirty. It's like thirty three percent. Yeah, that's a 
Think about that. During a pandemic when sales are completely shattered. Shattered. I remember the conversation that we had, which is we need more people to do what we need to do. What we what we're going to say and what we're going to say and more. So in order for us to do that, I remember the specific conversation we were talking about hiring and Nick's like, at the end of the day, we don't have money right now. We looked at her cash flow statement. Yeah. We're running out of money, but we're not going to play defense. So let's go out and hire who we need. And we brought on a VP of sales. I need to interject though at this yes, point. Yes, sir. Hello. I need to know because it's so fucking, we can't, I don't want to skip over that point. You have to understand everybody, when you're going through that, Everything in your body is telling you to retreat. Everything in your body is telling you to conserve cash. No, what? We don't have cash. We don't have money. We're running out in six months. We can't spend more. But the second you reach clarity, and this was the clarity point, at least for me, and I think we all had the clarity end up hitting us, was, okay, Nick, your expertise is digital. So where's your energy being sucked? It's being sucked here. We need to hire out people to this so we could free you to go here. Les, you're doing this, but we need you here. You're being sucked to do this. Jake, where... So we start... I remember that conversation. We all start jotting down. What do we need as a team to build revenue and the margin? Because ultimately, that's going to create cash for us. And we start going around you know, all the team and we start saying, guys, if we had unlimited money in theory... What do you need to do this? And we projected that we want to double revenue in the next 12 months. Uh, and we want to break 10 million of revenue within the next 16 months. What do you all need to do that? And then people start coming back and they start giving us everything that they need, including ourselves. And I remember we looked at the fucking cost of those team members. I mean, the the overall payroll, payroll increase was almost 800,000. I just remember Nick saying that um, if it's if we need money, I'll find us money. So it's like, just let's know what we need. Let's get what we need to get done. And if we need money, I'll find us money. But I think... Because we have a rocket ship. The sales are flying. So why would we stop? No, I know. I think what I wanted to say is that you mentioned that feeling of feeling very dis uncomfortable, right? And And I honestly have to say, I feel that all the time with entrepreneurship. When we're doing different things on the daily, when we're pushing boundaries and playing offense always, we're not just playing offense when COVID hit, we always play offense, guys. And so I always feel that uncomfortableness inside me. And I think it's normal to feel that, it's okay to feel that, and you know you're you're pushing boundaries when you're feeling that. Because if you're comfortable, and I think it goes with every aspect of your life, if you feel comfortable, and it's time to change something up. Unless you're, unless you're comfortable with the uncomfortable. <laughs> Touche. I got you if on that one babe, with being with uncomfortable. The uncomfortable. You're, you're uncomfortable babe. I don't understand that. What do you mean? Because it's a mind no, it's a mind screw. It's a so, mind screw. So what I I don't know what that statement is, a mind it's screw. It's okay. But, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's me mind too. screw. I like it. It's like Scrooge, but think about it. When you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and you're comfortable with doing that uncomfortable situation. You've now become comfortable with the uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent that. I love that. My mind <laughs> mind screw. <laughs> No, but the honest truth is, okay, so imagine, just to set the stage again so you guys follow along with the story because it's so important, pandemic hits, sales drop 70%, then we find out we're short a year of cash flow and we're running out of money by December 2020, which means we're running out of money in, in essentially eight months. We then have this brilliant idea that, hey, nothing's changed. People love our fucking product. 
uh, it sells. It's not like we had a product market fit problem. I think that's very important. That is. Yeah, we, we didn't have a product market fit problem. We just had a problem. We take risks and a lot of risks at Midday Squares, but between the three of us, I do feel they're calculated. Of course. But to other people, I don't think they think they're calculated. No, no, they are. They are. They are. Hello, yeah. to Jake's book obsession. All in, babe. It, nobody in their right fucking mind, unless you're an entrepreneur that is that is forging forward, could understand what decision making. No, could understand what calculated risk means when you talk about the risk that we're taking. Because to an outside person, everybody's like, that is an absurd amount of risk. That's unhealthy amount of risk. Yeah. And it's like, babe, no. It's actually it's actually the least risky thing I've ever done in my life. To to I think I'm the riskiest thing you've ever done in your life. Yeah, you have you got a tattoo on your arm that says high risk asset class. Because so when was that? Years ago. Oh. Backstory is Les convinces me always, always to do the uncomfortable thing. And it's it's annoying because it, it puts me in all sorts of weird positions. And I told I told Les, like, no matter by the end of whatever our journey of life is together, I'm either gonna be fucking broke because I will have taken on too much risk or we're gonna be fucking running Nike. I don't all know. All you, you gotta know. do is hit one. Yeah, you just need one. You hit one. And I'm really I'm really not fearful. So to go back, we are are, are about to run out of money in eight months. And then all of a sudden, we decide as a team that we're going to increase expenditure by 800000 But we already had started. I remember right away, we turned, like within 48 hours of the first conversation in, uh, in March, we took all of our budgets, we put it. Everybody's telling us, don't spend cash. We start spending the cash properly. Not- and the media. You yeah, about the world is telling you not to spend cash. Babe. Yeah, not just our, not just everyone around us, babe. So now everyone, we're we're fucking climbing. We go from down seventy points. Then April, we're back at where we started. Then by May, we start breaking our sales records. We start breaking our fucking sales records in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Wait, time out though. So now we still haven't gone to execute our hiring strategy because we realized that we're going to do a whole episode, by the way, on our hiring, on hiring process because yeah. that's that's very important. So we start going through our hiring process and our new hiring process is really fucking long process. It, it ain't it it's ain't track. It's track. It's horrible, but it's, it's necessary. Well worth it. It's sociopathic. Yeah, it's well worth I it. Don't, is, what does that even mean, sociopathic? Who she knows? Does, she doesn't know what the word is. I don't she, even she, know. I just said she, it. She watched the movie last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shame on you. Shame, Shame on you, Shame. Leslie Carls. No, so basically, the hiring process is insane. It is. So it takes a long period. Finally, we start getting our hires in June. We have a monster acquisition on a VP retail. Girl coming off of, uh, woman coming off of. Smart Sweets, Vega. I mean, the Michelle Pertini. Legend she just the girls, the woman's a machine. I keep saying, girl, and and she comes on. Then we hire a software engineer. Okay, what food company has a lead software engineer? We bring in a lead software engineer. We're starting to crank. Next thing you know, ad buyer, ad. Bu- we bring in a media buyer. We bring in fucking procurement. We bring in new people in the plan. New, new plant manager. By the time all this starts executing, okay. I'm going to go out and say it. We go from 186,000 of revenue and we start climbing to 400. 400,000 a month in the middle of a pandemic. So now we don't just start breaking records, we start shattering our own records. 400 of $400,000 worth of chocolate yeah, that's, bars. Yeah, that 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 equates God, to a Buffalo 
at that point, I'm not going to name the number we're at today. We're even higher than that. But at that point, we were shipping 200,000 chocolate bars a month. 200,000 fucking wrappers going out into the world. And that leads us to coming into the fall where we're stronger than we've ever been. And I don't know if that would have ever happened had we not taken that moment to decide playing offense. I just don't know if we would be standing where we are today. I think you brought it up. We always have been playing offense, but we we took it to the next notch of re, of the real offense. Look, there was a, there was a, there's a worldwide wide crisis happening. We have all three of us have never experienced this in our entire lifetime, and I think that we really handled ourselves. Um, fantastically during this this whole crisis and i think that the pivoting are you stroking our own egos no i'm just saying the whole idea of this 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 episode today is offense and i think that you know playing offense offense is key and it goes back to the quote that you always talk about is unaverage decisions equal to unaverage outcomes and it's not always time it's, it's not always guaranteed that that will happen no it, it, it okay so it is guaranteed so but it doesn't guarantee that the unaverage outcome will be a good outcome. Yeah, but at least it's calculated risk. Yeah, right? so you're either going to be unaverage on the good side of the outcome or unaverage on who, the bad who side wants of the to outcome. to be in the middle? It's the worst. That's what I was talking about comfort. Can I use that quote on LinkedIn today? Yeah, let's let's do it. Actually, yeah. you know what? I'm so fired up. Yeah. Anyways, I just think that this that when I was writing that keyboard thing and I was telling you the magical keyboard, I really f- I went through the the story and it, I really felt it inside and kind of was kind of like like I know we were just stroking the ego, but. I really think it's important to nail down that it was a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster. It was up, down, up, down, and then up. And you're also raising money. You're, you, you know, during a pandemic, a pandemic. Wait, and then I'm going to, we're going to talk about the last piece of the offense because I think this is really going to drive home for everybody that's listening. If you're on the fence of wanting to play offense, then fucking join this roller coaster with us and go start taking slap shots. Go fucking play offense. So we get a call. From Michelle Prochidney, our VP. And she's like, hey, guys, um, thinking we should do a national rollout in the U.S. a lot earlier than we intended. And we're all looking at each other. Babe, we, we barely even have Canada handled. Yeah. Uh, and you want to do a national U.S. launch? What's the? We're running out of money. I'm literally at this point when she brings that up. Uh, Natalia, our controller, is like holding back paying bills because we literally don't have... At one point during this pandemic, everybody, I want everybody to know, Midday Square's bank account, um, this is not a lie, hit $10,000. So There was $10,000 in the bank account of a company that has an over million dollar a month payroll. Just think about that. Oh, that's scary. (laughs) Yeah, so we were fucking... We were going. um, But we knew that the cash was coming because we had just expedited our sales. That's another thing. When you expedite your sales, right, it takes a minute for the revenue and cash to all balance out. I think just repeat what that whole statement was. How much do we have in the bank and how much were we paying so that people just understand the severity, the gravity, yeah. yeah. So at one point we had $10,000 literally of cash left in the bank and our payroll uh, our expense to run midday squares is over a million dollars a month is it actually that yeah it's something of that sort i don't know it's it's bananas who it's it's, it's a large fucking number um <laughs> <laughs> that's nice it's comical you know yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's comical it's comical no i don't think it's, it's, it's no a, it's not it's a not, million that's no, crazy no but it's no, up no, to, it's no. high uh, it's it's close to a quarter million yeah close to a quarter million uh, maybe you're thinking quarterly but um, <laughs> yeah, i think you're thinking Nick's quarterly. confused yeah, it's no, quarterly but still no but still that that's a big difference and 
that didn't it's it didn't scare you. No, I. The one thing I could say is I'm never, I'm never fearful in those situations. I'll be fearful the day we don't have product market fit. Oh yeah, and yes. As long as we have product market fit, we'll make it work. Um, and so you know, as I, I'm looking at the timer over here, and we're getting to, towards the end of the show, but Michelle says we're gonna do the U.S. national. We all have that moment again where you want to retreat. Your body's telling you this is this is uncomfortable. And then we sat, we get in a call with our sales broker, shout out Kari from Greenspoon in the US. And uh, and we decide as a team, okay, fuck it. We're doing it December. We're doing it. We're launching the US and we're doing it major. And by the way, we're raising a boatload of fucking powder, which is money, money, money. to go fucking guns blazing in the US. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is fucking offense. Do we agree? Amen. Do we fucking Amen. Agree? Amen. So, so the moral of the Stop story playing is playing defense. What? Stop playing defense. Go out and play the offense. You're gonna have a, either a great outcome or a shit outcome. But Take at least you won't be in shots. the middle. At least you won't be in the middle. Yeah, there's nothing shittier than than being average. And guys, I'm telling you, the more we speak to people, you think would take risk, or everybody is trying to revert to the median. It's so powerful. People. Are we are sheep, and the herd mentality is so fucking powerful. It is powerful to the point where I myself, who am aware of herd mentality, find myself sometimes getting stuck in herd mentality. Question everything and reason up from first principles. Reason up from first principles. That's a whole other episode. And be confident in your decision. A hundred percent. Guns blazing. On that note, three, two, one. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, 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 Midday Squares Uncensored. That's a wrap. As always, middaysquares.com slash podcast questions. We'll see you next week. Go out, be epic, and take fucking risk. Risk.